again. And we're going to look at it a little bit differently. And uh, appreciate the grace of God. It's always a good thing, amen, to have folks that love preaching. And uh, thank God folks that love good old-fashioned singing. And thank God for the opportunity to go to church with everybody that's here. And uh, boy, I'm, I'm grateful to pastor this place. Uh, grateful to be here. It's coming up April, it'll be 24 years. Man, what a blessing that's going to be. Uh, I'm thankful for everything the church does for me and my wife. And uh, boy, I, I just appreciate being here. But I said all that, say it's good to have a family here. And uh, good to have some of them in with us today too. And boy, I sure am grateful to just to be able to preach this that God's laid on my heart. If I could give it to you like he gave it to me, Brother Childs is going to have to direct traffic. It's going to get on so good. I don't know how it's going to act, but I pictured Brother Dale opening the window and running out the door. I mean, I pictured it. Now, it may not ever happen, but I had a good time in my study anyway. Woo! I picture, you ever seen them cartoons? You know, back when they used to have real cartoons and uh, a wily coyote was tracing an old roadrunner. And he ran right through the wall, and I know it's crazy. It would never happen. These brick, don't do it, brother, okay? But I pitched, man, it was on last night thinking about this and dreaming about it, and I had a good time. And I just hope I can help you like God's helped me with it. I believe it's a little bit different than normally, but I want to mind the Lord. So look with me, if you will. I'll read 10 verses, pray, and you can be seated. Ezekiel chapter 37 in your Bible. And verse number 1, Ezekiel 37 and in verse number 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, verse 4, prophesy unto these upon these bones, and say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. <laughs> Man, every time I see that, I think about ankle bone connected to the eight. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds of old breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. 
And so he's preached. There he's been shaken up. They've came together. They've got muscles. They're standing. They're an exceeding great army. But there needs to be breath. And so he says, come, verse 9, from the four winds, O breath, breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came in to them, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. Father, we love you today. Pray you'd help me to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. Help me to mind you. And Lord, I, I can't do anything. Lord, I stand where no man can help me. Lord, I need a special touch from another world and pray, God, that you'd preach me. Help me, Lord, to be a blessing, God. I pray souls that are saved will find encouragement in the house of God this morning. Lord, I, I'm grateful for what you've laid on our heart to preach tonight. And, and Lord, I'm looking forward to dealing with that little text over there in Kings about dealing with discouragement. But Lord, there may be some folks that's here this morning and, and they feel dry and they feel dead in their testimony and dead in the spirit. And Lord, there might be some lost folks here that are dead in their sin. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'd open up their heart, open up our mind. Help us, Lord, to deliver to them as you've delivered to me. And Lord, we'll give you glory for it all. We love you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And all God's people said, you can be seated. If the Lord would help me just for a little while this morning, I want to preach on the thought of boneyard in your Bible. I'm not talking about the boneyard down at the jockey lot in Chesney. I'm talking about the boneyard in Ezekiel chapter number 37. Now, in the text, in the context, textually, it's talking about the restoration of Israel. So this is a prophetic picture of what God's going to do uh, when he stands Israel up again and unites them back. But it is a parabolic text. God uh, seems like in this text has sent Ezekiel there and prophetically he's got a bone to pick, amen, uh, with his people and captivity has came. But uh, if you look down in verse number 12, he talks about the prophecy and he, I didn't read this verse, but notice it says, uh, he's going to tell them, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Well, this happened in May the 14th of 1948. It began to happen already. And so we look over there now, and Israel uh, is like this text. Uh, they have uh, been gathered back together uh, to the homeland. They are a people who are mighty, but they are spiritually dead. And when the Lord comes back, uh, uh, He's going to bring spiritual life uh, and get 144,000 of them back together with life breathed back in them. But there's a parabolic meaning here. Uh, there's a parable, a text today. And I think we see it in our church as a whole. And then maybe, God forbid, even in our church today. Uh, you see, there's a, uh, in Israel, there's a corpse that's awaiting life. But to, sadly today, uh, many of our churches are like dinosaurs. We've never seen a dinosaur walk the face of the earth. I mean, we've seen them on movies but we've never seen one with our own eye, but we have seen bones. 
and, and many churches today are a shell of their former self. They're like dinosaurs. They're big, they're impressive, but they're dead. And, and so it is with small churches. Some people are in churches who are dead. What our churches need is what these bones needed. They need a remedy. We need to be shook up. We need God to move in our life. We need the breath of heaven. We need this cry, oh breath, the Spirit of God, breathe. I breathe life back in our, our churches, breathe breath. I back in our country, breathe life in our community but breathe life in our Christian individual homes. The remedy required a man of God and a moving of God. Amen. I'll say this before I get into the message. Ezekiel is a unique man of God. Most preachers are unique people. But this one, and what I mean by unique, that's a fancy way of saying weird. Amen. Ezekiel's a unique preacher. He cried. He wailed. He, amen. He slapped his thighs. He used uh, gestures. He even used uh, patamine. I mean, he used body gestures laid on his side. Uh, he used uh, object lessons. Uh, he one time even ate a scroll uh, to get his message across. Uh, whatever it took uh, to drive the truth home, uh, God used Ezekiel, this unique man. One time, God even told one of his man Isaiah to take off his sackcloth, take off of uh, his sandals uh, and he walked around in what we would call underwear and he was essentially naked and preached three years in his underwear. I'm telling you God does amazing things to get a hold of his people and drive the message home. Well Ezekiel is one of these weird men. He's one of these unique men. He is going to be the man of God that God's going to use. Y'all listen to this. I can't help it. All these things just go with it. He's going to use this preacher to put meat on them bones. Somebody say amen. Amen. My, my, grandma, my grandma used to say I was all skin and bones. It's been a long time since she said that. But she used to say that. And God's going to use in verse number 9, he's going to preach and God's going to use this man to preach. And all of a sudden these bones are going to have meat and sinews. And, and God's going to use preaching to put meat on bones. But it's going to, and thank God for a supernatural touch on men. Thank God for the scriptures that are alive. I mean, you, you got to hold on to your Bible. It's live to jump out of your lap. It's live. Amen. It's a real living word of God. And God uses a natural man, puts supernatural power on that man, uses his supernatural scripture and speaks to dead sinners on their way to hell. Thank God for that. But it's going to take the Holy Ghost to do what the man of God in preaching can't do. He, see, he said when they were had to meet on their bones, when they were there, when the chenews were there, they had everything they needed but they didn't have the Spirit of God. And it took the Holy Ghost to do what the man couldn't do before they were an exceeding great army. And can I say today, it'll take the power of God to do it and man can't do it with talent. Man can't do it with his prestige. It's going to take the breath of God to stir our hearts. Would y'all say amen right there? 
this valley of dry bones. Now, Ezekiel's not out in California, and God forgive me, I don't know why I keep picking on them, but it's the truth. Ezekiel's not in California, but he sure is in Death Valley. Say amen. I mean, he's, he's, he's seeing these bones, and, and Brother Tony, they're dry. They're very dry. The word they're very dry means if you touch it, they're almost ready to turn to powder. They've been laying out in the sun so long, they've got a scale tan. Amen. I can't help it. It just keeps coming. They've got a tan. They, they are pyre. They are about to touch them and they evaporate. And the sad thing is, I think we're living in a church age where people have got dry and dead in their testimony. You say, preacher, how can a Christian be dead? Well, the Bible said in the book of Romans and chapter number eight, that great chapter I love, starts out with no condemnation. And thank God there's no condemnation to us which are in Christ Jesus. That's enough to shout about. And it ends up, not death, not, not anything coming, going, visible, invisible, can separate us from the love of God. Starts out no condemnation, ends with no separation. But in the middle of it, it's sandwiched this verse. It's the, to be kindly minded is death. And Christians can be so caught up with what's going on in the world that they are dead. They've got life, but they don't have peace because carnal-minded people can't find peace because they're living impure lives. Can anybody help me? Amen. And my, my, my concern, my scare is that we have laid out in the environment of this world so long uh, that it has deadened our testimony, weakened our influence, and if we're not if we're not careful, we're going to dry up. We need preaching to stir us. We need the Holy Ghost to stir up what's in that dry death valley. Hey man, that boneyard. Some churches have a cemetery on the outside, and some of them got them on the inside. Oh, I mean they organized. They've got everything organized. They're real dignified. That's what they want you to think. Amen. But listen, they're not just organized and dignified. Amen. They're fossilized and petrified. Say amen. I, I, we need life. God breathes life. He's a God, not of the dead, but of the living. Amen. Amen. I, I hear people all the time say to me, Preacher, you get too excited. I don't know how you can't get excited. You was on your way to hell, and Jesus come by no good of your own. You still ain't worth nothing, and I ain't neither. Say amen. The only good in, as Paul said, is the grace of God. And we was on our way to hell running wide open toward hell, and the Holy Ghost tackled us, brought us in conviction to an altar, saved us, put, amen, washed us in red blood, made us white as snow, put our name in the Lamb's book of life, We've got a home we've never paid for. Wells Fargo can't never take it back. Amen. I mean, praise God. Why can't you get excited? That's better than the Super Bowl ring. Amen. It's a glory ring and you get one. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God I think we ought to be excited. You say, preacher, and listen, I'm going to look at it a little bit differently today. And I think it's all right. I think y'all agree with me it's all right. God uses bones all through the Bible to teach us lessons. Matter of fact, all you men that's married, lift your hand. You'll be, you'll, you'll be thankful to know God used prime rib to make your wife. Somebody say amen. Woo! I 
Amen. Amen. She may not be bony now, but she started that way. Say amen. God used prime rib and put some meat on that bone. Boy, thank God for some meat on the bone. God took prime rib. And, and you know, that ain't the first time. That was Genesis. Well, in Exodus, he uses bones to teach us another lesson. He don't even want our dead carcass hanging around sin and deadness. That's why I tell people all the time. They say, preacher, I go to a church that's dead. It's dry. I mean, it's dry. It's last year's bird nest. It's dead, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. And I mean, sometimes there's good preaching and then there's pretty good singing, but it's just dead. I say, man, leave. And they say, well, preacher, I can't leave. My family's buried out there. Listen, God would rather you dig them up and take them home with you than stay. They don't even want you to stay in a dead church. Grandmas and grandpas, they didn't like dead preaching neither. You can't have fire. You can't have a bunch of folks out here fired up if you got a snowman in the pulpit. Somebody say amen. Hey man, those preachers ain't got enough fire to warm up a gnat's foot. I mean, thank God for folks. His ministers are a flame of fire and his people are to have fire lighting on their head or to be full of Holy Ghost fire. Would y'all agree with that? The church was effective when the fire was on him. Amen. You say, preacher, was that the only time? Well, no, I'm going to prove it to you. Dig them up. Exodus, and the book of Exodus, Moses takes a skeleton crew and they carry out Joseph's bones and take them out of Egypt. They, he don't even want to leave the bones back there. Somebody help me. Hey, man, Samson used a jawbone of an ass one time and killed a thousand boneheads. Hey, man. You say, preacher, hey, why you say they boneheaded? Because if he done killed a hundred, I'm, no, no, I ain't even gonna say that. The, that thousandth man has to be a bonehead. If he's whooped 999, are you thinking you're gonna be the one to take him? No. Hey, man, you might as well run, tuck your tail, and run. I don't know what's wrong with that crowd. They definitely was bone. God used Elisha's bones. He had enough power on him when he is dead. They throwed a dead man to his grave, and the dead man touched his bones, and he jumped back out of the grave. I say, hey, Amen. Hallelujah. God has always used bones to teach lessons. In fact, Jezebel, y'all remember her? She is so wicked. Try to, um, try to say she's going to kill Elijah. She is such a, a picture of end time wickedness and, and false worship and false religion that God is going to use her in the book of Revelation to liken a false church to Jezebel. And listen, Jezebel was so wicked in 2 Kings that you know that the Bible said in verse or in chapter number nine that the dogs eat every bit of Jezebel's dead body but the dogs wouldn't even eat her hands wouldn't eat her feet wouldn't eat her head she thought so wicked did so wicked and walked so wicked the dogs wouldn't even eat her I say amen there's all kinds of lessons God teaches I asked my wife the other day she's in anatomy class she didn't want to tell me I don't know if she didn't want me to know uh, but they tell 
tell me that a baby's born has 270 bones. They begin to fuse together and by the end they have anywhere from 206, 208, some people say up to 213 bones. I'm sitting there trying to figure out why in the world do people have more bones than other people? And the truth is, brother, they said that some of them have more digits, some of them fuse differently. The point is, I don't know how many of these bones, hey man, they were in the valley. All I know is there was a bunch of them. They were brittle. They were bleached. Hey man, they were on a barren battlefield and nothing anybody could do. You couldn't sign them up for the church. You couldn't do a puppet show. Wasn't going to help them. You couldn't put on a play. I feel like preaching right there. Amen. You couldn't have, amen, preacher, preach. You couldn't have put contemporary music to help them. I say amen right there. You couldn't have done, no, there's nothing going to help them except a message from God. And nothing's going to give them life except a breath from God. Now, people have a fascination with bones. If that had been the average person in our day, they'd try to pick them bones up and do something with them. I read about a church. Y'all can look this up if you don't believe me. It's a Catholic church, of course. But I read of a church over there in Prague and Prague, uh, however you want to say it, and the Czech Republic. You know what? I, they've got a church over there that's got 40,000 bones, rooms made out of bones. They've got chandeliers made out of bones. They've got crosses made out of bones. The, the, the church itself is made out of bones. If that ain't the nastiest gothic, I would never want to go to church there. Amen. Amen. That's what you call bones speaking to you. Speaking me to run out the other way. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know. I don't, we don't have, we don't have uh, rooms in this church made out of bones. Uh, people don't travel all over the country to come to some gothic theme in, in our church. Uh, but God help, I don't want to be a church full of bones neither. I don't want to be a place where dried up, dead bones hang out. I want to have some folks who are excited about being an exceeding great army with a part God in and on their life. Amen. So preacher, what are you saying here? Let me just share you that's mine. Introduction was long, my message is short. Here's, here's what I want to share with you. There's all kinds of bones. God uses bones to teach us all kinds of lessons in the Bible. So I don't think I'm doing the Bible no harm by trying to figure out what kind of bones, amen, might fill up churches today. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, there's, there's wishbone church members. You know, them, them's the kind that's too lazy to work. They're kin, they're cousins with lazy bone. Y'all know that. Wishbone. They wished that the membership was larger, but they never go so winning. Somebody say amen. They wish things were different, but never do nothing to make them different. They stay busy on wishing and none on working. Amen. Amen. They wish the offerings were up, Brother Troy, but they won't give a dime in the offering play. Amen. Here's what they do. They hoard their talents. They hide their talents. They'll complain about, amen, everything. They're like the ten spies. They always find 
got an excuse. They're wishing things would get better, but don't do a thing about it. They're like the 22,000 that came to fight with Gideon. And the Lord said, there's some of that crowd with you. They're wishing the fight would be victorious, but I don't know if they're really going to fight with you. Why don't you tell the scaredy cats to go home? And 22,000 deserted him. And then he said, we'll take them down there by the river and let's see, let's, let's wean it out a little bit more. If you got too many, you're liable to say you did it. So I've got to have just the right amount of men, Gideon, so you'll know I did it. And so he took them down there, 22,000 done ref, because they were scared, cowards, what the Bible says. And, and he gets them down there by the river, and he says, which one, everyone bend over and lick up the water, or the, the, you, he said, send them to the house. But that crowd that takes water and keeps a watchful eye, Amen. That's the ones you need to go fight. And there were 300 that went with Gideon and they whooped armies because God was with them. Somebody help me. Hey, they lost their soldier character bowing and exposing their neck. They weren't safe. They weren't secure. They weren't soldiers no more. And I'm God help us not to be a bunch of wishbones. Watch out for the wishbones. They wish they won't, but they never do nothing. Amen. They bear their talent. Amen. But not just them. There's funny bones in church. That's the super sensitive crowd. They always get their feelings hurt. Amen. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Well, I'm going to tell you the truth is they really ain't a bone at all. You can look up the funny bone. I didn't realize it until I got to studying this message. And I thought, man, the truth is, they're not even a bone after all. We always talk about hitting our funny bone. It turns out there is no funny bone. It's actually just simply a nerve that travels from your spine, travels down your neck, goes through your elbow, reaches out to your pinky finger and your other fingers. It's called the ulnar nerve. And the truth is, when, when, when you hit it, you jerk away. You get numb. Amen. Nobody really knows what it is. They call it a bone. And that's the problem. We got some of those folks, they're, they're funny bone church members. They're always falling out because somebody hurt them. Amen. They get numb to the preaching. Amen. They jerk away. I feel like preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Ken ain't here. I didn't seen him take three laps in my mind. Amen. The preacher must pamper and beg them to come to church. Woo! If he don't call me and visit me, if he don't come by my house and ring my door, how long's it been since you called him? It's like that crowd expects you to you know then. They'd expect you to have a mind reading capability that you ought to know that they was in the hospital. Literally had somebody say, well, you want me to call the preacher? No, he ought to know I'm here. Well, how am I going to know you here? By the way, they ain't here. They didn't last long. Amen. Thank God. Listen, the funny bone folks, they jerk away. They get numb. You can't do anything to make them feel good. And you've hit that funny bone and went acting weird and crazy too. Say amen. There's the wishbone crowd. There's a funny bone crowd. Then they're in our text, there's a dry bone crowd. They never say amen. They have no moisture. The idea with very dry is the marrow has dried up. 
up, they're powdery, the moisture is gone, the absence from all moisture. That's the way some, they don't cry, they don't shout, they don't testify, they don't like it when other people do. That's the Pharisee crowd. You know, they've always been around. They don't like it when folks worship God. They don't like it when folks wave palm branches. They don't like it when folks get emotional. They try to tie down their emotion. They like the letter of the law, but they don't want you to get excited about it. I've always run into that crowd. Don't worry about it. Hey, man, you'll make it. I dealt with them and you dealt with them. We all dealt with them. But God help, we don't need carnal Christians to become dead neither. Say amen. We don't want folks in this church to become dry neither. Say amen. And so these dry bone church members, you better watch them. They don't like to worship and don't like nobody else to worship. And they look at you weird because you worship. Amen. Amen. Better watch that dry bone crowd, the wishbone crowd, the funny bone crowd. Better watch that hip bone crowd. You know who they are, don't you? That's the ones that's always, hey man, moving. They're hitchhikers. Amen. Hey man, they just get. Yeah, anybody in here, you might not have been raised around here, but if you've ever raised around here and, and you run across a pasture, you liable to have some hitchhikers get on your pants legs. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Them kookaburrows. I don't know what you, you mean. I call them hitchhikers. I call them pests. And God forbid you barefooted like we used to be and step on one. Yeah, you can lose your religion. Amen. Hey, I, I'm talking about God. Them things hit, and, and, them, and then you had them little, I don't even know what they was. They, I, they also hitchhikers. They ain't kookaburrows, but they, them little green things. They look like a little diamond. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, you go through, you go through the woods, coon hunting, minding your own business, trying to kill your coon. Hey, man. And leave out of there, and, and you went in brown cohort and come out. Hey, man, you look like you a real tree camouflaged. Uh, y'all, y'all follow what I'm talking about? I, they, they, they just hitchhike. They're parasites. They jump on. You didn't invite. Are y'all following what? There's always going to be a crowd of people that's just there to get what they can and give nothing. Here Here's what we look for in members of Landrum Independent Baptist Church. We're looking for a crowd of people who says, what can I do for the church? Not, what can the church do for me? Amen. Because if that's your attitude, you're coming wrong anyway. You ought to come, woo! I like what's going on, and I want to see what I can do to get in on it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hitchhikers, you got to watch them. They won't stay long. They hobo churches. <laughs> they want to serve God on other people's merits and other people's works and their own credit. They, their religion does not, by the way, their religion never does touch the hip pocket. Is everybody with me? Amen. The hip bone church members. Then you got to watch them jaw bone church members. Y'all knew I couldn't preach without mentioning them. Y'all know who they are, don't you? Yep. Listen, I got a prayer request. Well, no, what you won't say is I got some gossip to tell. Somebody say amen. That jawbone, that jawbone crowd, gossiping. Hey, man, I hope ain't nobody like that here. There's one thing that'll hurt a church worse than anything. That's gossip. Somebody help me. 
I'm telling you, gossip will root out from under. I, it's like it's like being out there in the ocean. You're just sitting there at the edge of the water. You're trying to enjoy the beauty of God's creation, and uh, everybody's deserted because you're out there when nobody else ain't out there. It's cool. You enjoying the water, just hitting, and you're minding your own business. And here comes the water that's undermining the the soil that you're standing on. It's jerking the sand right from out. That's them gossipers. They'll jerk the they'll jerk your feet out from under you. They, they act like they're coming to you, but they'll jerk you. Hey man, preacher, I feel like preaching right. Anybody ever been on the beach in the morning? I, I tell you what Jude said they're like. They're, they're, they're like raging waves foaming out. Here, here's what they'll do. If you go to the beach in the morning, there's dead jellyfish. Stinking, old, nasty smelling, old horse crabs that they can't get back out in the water, and, and it, it's disgusting. It's like everything dead. That's the way gossipers do. They want to show everybody you're dead, everybody you're stinky. Hey, man, bro, I feel like preaching right there. Oh yes, hey, remember when? Remember when uh, Peter he says, "Lord, thou art the Christ." The son of the living God. I know what everybody else is saying. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Jesus said, well, who do you say that I, the son of man, am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, Peter, flesh and blood hadn't told you that. Only the God of heaven can reveal that to you. Boy, ain't you glad one day he revealed it to you. Amen. Only God can make it. You can go to church all your life, but it's going to take preaching and the Spirit of God to breathe on you to take deadness and reveal truth to it. Amen. Man, you remember when he gets done with that and then he started saying, well, I'm on, Jesus talks about the cross, talks about dying. And Peter said, God forbid. He basically said, that ain't going to happen. And the Lord turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. Y'all remember that? He had just said, you've got a divine revelation from God. You've self-spoken right. And Peter done got a little bit of Bragging on him already. Because that jawbone crown, they don't just they don't just gossip. They, they don't just curse when they can. They also brag. And, and he's, he got a little bit of bragging on him. And the Lord tried to turn around and rebuke him. And he said, Peter, listen, Satan has desired to sift you. But I'm, when you're restored, they said, I prayed for you. And when you're restored, I want you to help your brethren now. Everybody in here knows about making biscuits. I'm pretty sure most women in here knows about making biscuits. And you know, Mama always took flour and she used that little sifter. And she got, I don't know what she's looking for, but she did it every time. And she's a sifting it. And uh, I don't know what it is, but it sure is good the time you get it. And she's a sifting it out. And what she's trying to do is get all the junk out, get any, any uh, ingredients that shouldn't be in there, and she'll dump it over in the trash. Well, that's the same term that Jesus tells Peter. He said, Satan's desire to sift you. So what does Peter do? Well, he's not trying to get the bad out and show everybody the good. He's trying to get the good out and show everybody the bad. That's what gossipers do. Are y'all listening to this preacher and gossipers if you read this Bible and look at the neighborhood they live in they live in the neighborhood of envy they live in the neighborhood of jealousy they live in the neighborhood of murderers hey man you better watch that crowd don't let your ear be a trash can I don't know if there's anybody in here but in case there is you ought not like it say amen 
Amen, that jawbone crowd. I, I never forget what old B.R. Lakin said. I got to say it just about every time I think about it. James says that a gossiping tongue, it, it, amen, is a world on fire. It's a world of iniquity. He actually says it is set on fire of hell and how great a matter a little fire kindleth. One cigarette butt can be thrown into some pine needles when a man's driving down the interstate and catch the whole forest on fire and burn three counties in California before they ever get it put out. They'll burn churches down. They'll burn homes down because a little bitty fire. And, and if you don't watch it, your tongue can be that destructive that it'll ruin churches, it'll ruin homes, it'll separate. I feel like preaching right there. Somebody say amen. Y'all know I'm right. Amen. But here's, brother, here's what I got thinking. The devil wants to show everybody our bad. He wants to tell everybody all the bad things that happens in your life. God help. I tell you what, it'd be better for us. Let me just say this. I gotta go on. Let me say this. It'd be better for us if we talk to God about man rather than man about man. In fact, you can't even talk to man about God until you've talked to God about man. Somebody say amen. You can't be an effective soul winner to reach that man unless you've asked God to help you to have the right words to tell that man. Amen. Amen. God help us. That leads me to my next man. Thank God for some good bones in church. Thank God for some knee bone church members. That's a Wednesday night praying crowd. That's that Sunday morning, Sunday night praying crowd. That's the ones who pray and pay the price on their knees. That's that crowd. Oh, Daniel Nash, I got to read his testimony. Man, he prayed. Charles Finney got all the praise about all the revivals all over two different continents. But you know what? Charles Finney would never preach where Daniel Nash hadn't prayed. And most people don't even know Daniel Nash they know Charles Finney's name. Daniel Nash was a praying man. They found him in his room with a map, with a map of the world. And he'd start over in this corner and pray for every country. And pray, God, hell, mercy, amen. And they found him praying on his knees when he died. I remember talking to this old saint one time. And uh, man, this story, she began to tell me. And I guess she had believed it so much that she did this. She was seen laid over on the chair that sat beside of her bed. She had heard the stories and did it herself. Brother Tony, she wanted a chair set beside her bed so she could picture in her mind God sitting beside the bed talking to her. And when it was all said and done and she died, she was out of the bed laid over on that chair. I say hallelujah for some folks that'll pray and get a hold of God. The sad thing is it's the greatest power that's offered to every believer, but we seldom tap into it. Amen. We need to stay in this book. Amen. You say, preacher, I want to be a knee kind of Christian. I want to be praying. I want to keep myself in the love of God. Jude said, if you're going to keep yourself in these last days in the love of God, you're going to have to pray in the Holy Ghost. We've got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We've got to pray faithful ones to church, faithful to Christ, faithful to the Scriptures. You see, these praying church members, this pray, this knee-bone Christian, they stay in the book. They stay in the Scriptures. They read the Bible. They stay out of the crook. That's that crooked wrong place you shouldn't be in. Amen. 
Y'all know I'm right. We went down the road the other day. I don't even remember where we was. Noah was with us. And uh, I, don't, I don't remember if we was coming back from Texas or where we was at. But somehow we was coming back. Noah was with us. And we went by a restaurant. Had a five-star rating. And you know what the name of the restaurant was? Lust. I don't care how good their wings are. You don't need to go there. Somebody say amen. Stay out of the crooked place. Avoid those things. Abstain from the presence of evil. That's what the Bible says. Stay from, stay away from the crooks. Amen. Stay away from the crooks. Those people that are out for nothing but themselves. Stay in the book. Stay out of the crook. Stay away from crooks. But stay in the nook. Get you some closet to pray in. And get a hold of God. And let God get a hold of you. Until you pray in the closet. You'll have no power in the public. Say amen. Now thank God for them knee-bone Christians. But them, I thank God for them backbone Christians. He said, preacher, who are they? Those, they, and, and listen, when you think about a, a backbone, it's probably not a pretty thing. I, I don't picture, unless you're in Prague, Czech Republic, I don't picture you having a chandelier made out of a backbone. It's not something you're going to see. In fact, when my wife killed that deer last night, hey man, after I broke my back to drag it out of the woods for her, and I finally get it to the edge of the road, hey, if it would have had horns on it, we weren't interested in horns, we was interested in venison, say amen. But when we, but when we if it had horns, we'd have got, I guarantee you, Abby's got them horns. But I ain't never seen nobody mount a backbone. Is everybody with me? They're, they're not a pretty thing. But boy, you can't stand without one. Somebody say amen. Thank God for backbone Christians. They'll stand when nobody stands. They may not be the prettiest. They're not the flashiest. They may not can do everything, but praise God. They are the strength of the church. They're the backbone of Christianity. Hallelujah. Some little lady sitting out there right now, and you thinking, preacher, I'm dried up. I, I feel like I wished I could do more. Well, quit being a wishbone and switch over to the backbone crowd. I can tell you, you are needed. We need folks. You say, preacher, how can I do it? That man that delivers them Amazon packages, that man that brings them UPS and FedEx packages, that person down there at the grocery store, maybe them grandbabies or maybe them own youngest mamas, somebody around you needs somebody to be the backbone. For God's sake, help us to be the backbone. Amen. Daniel, boy, he's taking captive. Even though he is in a foreign country, he purposed in his heart not to defile himself and to stand for God. He was, as a matter of fact, he even ultimately went to the den of lions because he was a backbone Christian. Paul, stand for the faith, once delivered to saints. Stephen stood true at the end of his life, being rocked to sleep. They throwed rocks at him. They just rocked him to sleep. And he saw Jesus standing on the right hand, and he died, amen, with a clear vision of Christ. I wonder when we're at our deathbed and people's mistreating us in the midst of persecution and trials and people doing us wrong. I wonder if we'll still have a clear vision of Christ. Somebody say amen. The backbone Christians like Paul, he, they hold to the truth of God. They stand in the midst of adversity like Daniel. Hey man, when people are doing them wrong, they have a sweet spirit like Stephen. And maybe they're like Simon Peter who in spite of failing God, denying God, cursing and changing, 
changing his language. When God got on him and he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he stood and preached. Don't let your past failures dictate your future service. Somebody say amen. You can't serve God looking back in the rearview mirror. God wants you to move forward. Say amen. The problem is some folks don't have no hope of seeing God move. They're dry. They're dead. Because they really have lost hope. I remember reading a study that Duke University did. Duke University did this study, Jesse. And, uh, hey, man, I hope all PETA is listening. That's people eating tasty animals. Say amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, but I, they did a study, Duke University did, not me, but Duke did, on two rats. They put one of them in a barrel, and there was this little piece of wood sticking out the edge of the barrel. And then they put this other rat in a barrel that didn't have no wood. Filled them with water. And they, the experiment was, see how long the rats would swim and tread water. One that had no hope. One that had hope. The one that didn't have hope swam for less than minutes, a few moments, ducked his head and drowned. The one that had hope swam for hours and hours. They finally let him out. Hey, what I'm saying, church, there's people today and you think you're treading water and you've about lost hope. If you lose hope, you lie will just give up, sink down and drown. And I'll tell you what you need to do. Keep holding the fork, keep treading the water. Thank God you may feel dry, you may feel brittle, you may feel burnt, you may feel like you're on a battlefield, but thank God he's going to send a message one day and the Spirit's going to come by and stir you up and you're going to become that backbone, knee-brown crowd. You're going to become that crowd that folks can lean on when they're in trouble sometimes. And today we need a crowd of people that'll have the Spirit of God breathe back in them. Amen. Amen. I remember reading this woman went down to Children's Hospital and uh, I went, went down there the other day. Right where Jalen was. Jalen, stand up for a minute. Oh, she's hope right there. She's about she's about Tegan's height when the doctor said ain't no hope she, she, I know she died three times on the table am I right boy it was that's was rough boy whole family home burnt Jordan she went married then and Jalen about gave up on remember, remember Nikki we kept taking it remember that sad time We'd have to travel to Children's Hospital. But she had so many people praying for her. She'd be in the crib. She'd start singing, I'm a walking, talking miracle. <laughs> Whoa, hi, man. She had a trach right there. Couldn't even, am I right? Couldn't say nothing. I mean, in bad shape. They said, well, she probably won't walk. She's walking, singing, and doing stuff for Jesus right now. I say amen. Uh, ask Brother Dale. She's, she's a better soul winner than he is. Am I right? She ain't scared of nothing. She doesn't face death. Somebody help me. Hey, I'm talking about a miracle right there. Now, you say, preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. A, a lady went to the children's hospital. You know what helped her survive? There was hope. Some of you right now, I don't know what you're going through. 
But I feel like if you look at that valley, that looks hopeless. No wonder Ezekiel said, Thou knowest, ain't nothing, I mean, thou knowest whether they can live. Did it make, that was his congregation. Would it have made sense to preach to a bunch of bones? They wouldn't even hook together, brother. And if, you, if man tried to put it together, how would you know which hip bone went to which body? There'd been no way for you to put it together. But bone came to his bone. Cause preaching will shake things up. Amen, hallelujah. And it went to shaking together, hallelujah. And chenews came on and bones came, and skin came on. They were sure enough skin and bones. And they stood there ready, but they didn't have breath. And God breathed on them. There was hope because the shaking was going on. Church, as long as there's preaching, as long as there's a God in heaven, as long as there's a message, as long as the wind of God's blowing, there's hope. That's why I wouldn't go to a dead church. I don't want to go somewhere where the wind ain't blowing. I ain't trying to make it blow, but I'll put my sail up till it does blow. Amen. Amen. Nobody in that Bible ever made it to the other side of any ocean with their own oars anyway. Somebody say amen. Quit trying to do it yourself. Let God. Some people right here don't have hope. And they say, preacher, what may she had hope? There's a lady went down to children's hospital. They asked her to start teaching English. Went to this little boy's room. I don't know his name. Went to this little boy's room. Nothing the doctors could do. Nothing the nurses could do. He was getting worse. He was going to die. She comes in, starts teaching English. She's not a nurse. Has no medical capability. The boy gets better. The next day gets better. The next day gets better. The doctors and nurse meet him at the door and say, what in the world are you doing? She said, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just teaching him English. So she said, I want to ask you about it. She goes in. She says, his name. What in the world is, is making you better? How am I? They think I'm doing something. She said, well, he said, ma'am, you are. She said, all I'm doing is teaching English. And he said, well, you wouldn't waste your time to teach English to a person that's dying. It gave him hope just because somebody, are y'all getting what I'm saying? God's still sending a message by. Are y'all listening to this preacher? He's still got you going to church. He's still sending you a message. He's still trying to build hope in your heart because it's not over. It's not done. God's still on the throne. He's still moving. The Spirit of God's still blowing. And they may look dry and it may look brittle and we may look burnt and we may look like there's no hope but you just wait. God's going to use the right man and a moving of God and a man of God and a message from God. It's going to bring hope where there was no hope and God's going to work in a boneyard to make a mighty army for the glory of God and all God's people say it. Let's all stand to your feet. Heads is bowed. Come on, come on, sis. Well, Frank, I need you to come stand on deck if you don't mind. She's playing the song. This was a work of grace.
This is a work of life. This is a work of faith. I mentioned it, it's kind of connected to Wednesday night's message, a cure for a corpse. There was three cures for a corpse. Ezekiel preached and bones got up. Elijah prayed and a dead boy got up. And the presence of God showed up and that widow woman's son got up. What we need is the preaching what we need is praying and what we need is the presence of God to let the deadness get gone and life, amen, coming back in its place. God wants light, not darkness. Life, not death. He wants you to have hope, young people. Mamas and daddies, grandmas and grandpas, it's not over, it's not in. Hey, God will still stir you. You might have a testimony that's dry. You might have got dead in your walk. Oh, oh but can I tell they still hope they still hope I never forget brother how Troy walked in and God used the first message in Sunday school to breathe life back into his relationships and put the joy back to go speak to his family hey can I tell you today I don't know what you're facing I don't know what you're going through but there's hope there's hope there's hope for God's sake don't lose hope as a preaching there's power there's prayer hey there's a presence of God that will change a hopeless situation. Say, preacher, what is it? Well, preaching's supposed to rattle you. So stand up. If you get shook up, wave that bloodstained banner. They started out dry and dead. God took a spirit-filled preacher and gave him a message and preached until they all got it together. And when they got it together, when they came together, God let the Spirit of God breathe on them and the Holy Ghost did the rest. Church, all our job is is to stock the pond. And God will help us to throw the gospel net and put the fish in it He wants. It's our duty to stock the pond. So let's hit the altar today. Let's ask for spiritual renewal. Renewal within our own heart. Revival within our own spirit. God, give us some directions. Help us to obey you. Help us to surrender. Help us to submit. We're yours and you're ours. While the Spirit of God speaks, won't you come? Father, have your way. Speak to every heart. Save a lost, touch the saint. Miss Bethany's playing right now, Lord. Mother Frank's getting ready to sing. Lord, I pray whatever needs to go on in whomever it needs to go on. Let it get on with it right here today. Oh God, we love you. Pray you'd help us to let you put the hope in a hopeless situation. Breathe on them dry bones. May feel like the moisture's gone. Their tears are gone. Their shouts, their joy. God, stir them up again, I pray. When it looks hopeless, that's when you send a message. When it looks hopeless, that's when you move. In Jesus' name we pray. Have your way, God. Pray. While she's playing, Brother Frank, you come on. While she's playing, my Brother Frank sings, mine, God. Hey, let the Lord speak to your heart. I don't care. It don't matter who it is or what it is. We don't have to know. But God's got what you need. 
Let him put the moisture back in your mire. Julie.